Hey, good morning, everybody. Today I'm going to help you guys out with some things. You know, many times we just believe in half of a gospel. When we're studying the scriptures, a lot of times people, they, they see the importance of the cross and they, they talk about the cross and how, man, we love the cross and how Jesus died for our sins and took our sins away and, and whatnot. You know, guys, <clears throat> there's power in the resurrection. And today we're going to talk about the power of the resurrection. We sometimes only preach half of a gospel. And so we're going to clear some things up here. I'm going to help you see how you are destined to live a victorious life. <clears throat> Jesus said this first. He said, if anyone wants to follow me, he must first pick up his cross and follow me. Okay, so this is so important. This is so, so very important. And I'm talking about right now righteous living. Okay, we're going we're gonna to be reading in Romans chapter, I believe, 5, 6, 7, and 8. Uh, so if you'll go to your Bibles there, Romans chapter, let's see here, I'll find it and I'll let you know. But Jesus says if man wants to follow me, he has, a, he has to pick up his cross and follow me. And Jesus also says, you should consider the cost of discipleship, that you must hate your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, uh, your children, uh, your wife, yes, even your own life. That's in Luke chapter 14, I believe. Guys, we've got to get to the point where we have we've completely denied all things. We have to deny everything about our life. If we're going to follow Jesus, we have to deny all things. And... And that's like a real hard teaching, man. That's a really hard thing to learn. Um, but if we want to continue living in righteousness, okay, Matthew chapter 6 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So, and it's talking about the cares of the world, basically. It's saying, man, why are you worried about what you wear? Why are you worried about what you eat? Why are you worried about um, all this stuff? He says, don't you know, you should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. And so Jesus is basically saying, don't be anxious about anything. You know, we should be seeking the kingdom and that's it, man. That's it. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. I'll say that again. We're supposed to be seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So, check this out. Jesus, Jesus comes back. He comes by. He's casting demons out of people. This is chapter, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm bouncing around here. So follow me out, okay? He, uh, he, he, he said, uh, he comes around in, in Luke chapter 4, verse 40. He says, Now when the sun was setting, all those who had anyone who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Every one of them. All of them got healed. Every single person Jesus touched got healed. That's awesome. And demons also came out of many crying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. Verse 42. And it was day he departed and went into the desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose. Jesus' purpose was to preach the kingdom of God. Woo! The kingdom of God. He says, he teaches how to pray. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. He goes, 
You just pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So basically, whatever's happening in heaven, Jesus wants to happen here. So what we're going to talk about right now, we're going to talk about victorious living. There's no sin in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. So I believe as Christians, we are destined to bring heaven to earth. And we're not all about going to heaven when we die, guys. If you read in Revelation, it talks about how the new Jerusalem was coming out of heaven, okay? And it says that a new heaven and a new earth will be established. And we're destined for earth. We're destined to bring God's kingdom onto the earth. And it will reign forever. It's prophesied over and over and over times in the scriptures. Talking about an eternal kingdom that's coming. But see, the thing is, the kingdom has already been established. Jesus says, when he goes out, he preaches, says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand right now. See, Jesus is king. Now, when he comes and puts his throne right here in my heart, he rules and reigns right here. The kingdom of God is wherever I'm going. So if I go into a place, that's where the kingdom of God is. That's it right there. Okay, so Jesus says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God and to the towns of the will, for I was sent for this purpose. All right, so then he comes out and he's talking to his disciples and he says to the disciples, he comes out there and he starts preaching on the boat with Simon. He goes out in a little bit of water, this is in Luke, and he's preaching out there, and he tells Luke, I mean, he tells uh, Peter, hey, uh, or he calls him Simon at the time, that's his name. He says, put your nose and your nets in the water. And he goes, well, we haven't caught anything all night, but because you said so, I'll go ahead and put it in there. So he drops the nets down to the water, and they catch so many fish that they had to fill up like two boats, and the boats start sinking, okay? And so he says, Peter, it says right here, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Listen, guys, when we meet Jesus, we'll recognize our sin. Jesus is the light. So when we come into the light, our dark deeds are exposed. And so we can't help it. When we meet Jesus, man, we humble ourselves and we say, man, I'm a wretched person. But that's also what Jesus does because Jesus at this very moment tells Peter his new identity. He doesn't even let Peter stay down very long before he speaks his identity. He says right here, but when Simon Peter saw him fell down, it says, I'm a sinful man, O Lord, verse 9. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said that to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. Woo! And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. So here's the thing, guys. When we come to Jesus, when we see Jesus for the first time, we, we recognize our messed upness. We, we recognize how messed up we really are. But Jesus says, um, right away, he gives us a new identity. The moment we humble ourselves before God, the moment we humble ourselves before Jesus, Jesus gives us a new identity. We have a new create. We become a new creation. When we, when we meet Jesus, he gives us a new identity, a new nature. All together, he says, you're not a sinful man anymore. Fear not. Don't be worried about your sin anymore. Because guess what? Jesus came to take care of that. But he says, you will now be called a catcher of men. So when you become a disciple of Jesus, you need to count the cost. It's going to cost you everything. Your whole life, you're going to have to say, I, I hate everything. I hate my whole life. And I forsake all things and I follow Jesus only. I drop everything I have and I follow Jesus only. When you follow Jesus only, he gives you a new identity. When he does that, he says, you are now a fisher of men. You are a catcher of men. You're going to go catch men. Woo! Your job now is 
See, that's what Jesus did. He came and caught men. It says in the Bible that wise is the man who wins souls. So Jesus comes and wins Peter's soul. Okay? And then Peter is now being called with a new identity to go and win other souls. See, when you come to Jesus, you are no longer called that simple man anymore. You are now called the new creation, and God calls you a catcher of men. Every single person that comes to Jesus and follows Jesus and says, I'm going to be your disciple, has now a new identity, and it begins with, you are now a catcher of men. See, you're supposed to go out and catch men for Jesus. It's awesome. If we live our lives every day and we don't go catch men, then what's the purpose in living? You are called to go catch men. But see, here's what happens. People say, oh, I'm a sinful man. And they, 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 they don't feel adequate enough because I'm a sinful man. But don't you know that Jesus came to take away your sin? When Jesus died on the cross, he took your sin and he threw it away as far as the east is from the west. You are no longer identified with the sin anymore. Watch this. Romans chapter 6 verse 1 says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue to sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? So awesome. Listen, guys. You know, people say, well, grace, 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 you know. Well, because I've sinned, you know, and I keep sinning, I keep messing up. Listen, Jesus didn't call you to keep sinning. He didn't tell Peter, oh, that's fine. Don't worry about fixing your sin problem. First of all, Jesus fixed the sin problem. Okay? And he didn't, he didn't come to Jesus to Peter and say, now you've got to quit enough, you've got to do enough. He didn't say you have to earn your way. He says, no, now this is who you are. He just defined him. Okay? But here's the thing. If we, if we say, well, grace, 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 I can, I can keep sinning, it doesn't matter, God's going to forgive me. Then you miss the gospel and you're probably not saved. I'm just going to say that again. If you say, grace, 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 um, I can keep sinning then you probably miss the gospel because the gospel sets you free from your sin. He sets you free from your old life. You cannot continue on in your old life anymore. When Jesus comes inside, you become a new creature. You become a new nature. Now, that doesn't mean you're, ever gonna, you're not ever going to mess up again because I can't tell you how many times I've messed up. But my heart has changed on the inside. I cannot continue living with myself in sin anymore. I can't keep doing it because I'm ashamed of it because that's not who I am anymore. See, God, when you give your life to Jesus, you become a new creature, man. You, you, you have a new nature. You can't keep sinning. And God speaks to your heart. Don't quench the voice of God in your heart. When God starts speaking to you and saying, hey, man, look, you've got some sin right here. You need to fix it. Obey God. Don't, don't quench the Spirit. If you do that, if you quench your conscience, if you quench the Spirit of God in your life, you won't be able to hear Him anymore. It's, the, the voice of God is so precious. Don't throw it away. Do not throw away the precious voice of God when He starts speaking to you and saying, hey, you need to fix this in your life. Uh, exactly. That's what He constantly talks to me. And you need to fix that in your life. Then I, I go and say, yes, sir. And I go fix it. Then I ask Him, how, how can I fix it? Did you know there's a Bible verse? Uh, man, for... I can't believe I can't remember this off the top of my head. But the Bible says, dude, that he will he will heal our faithlessness. This is so awesome. Let me see if I have my notes here. Let me see if I can find it real quick, man. It's in Jeremiah. It says he will heal our faithlessness. Let's see here. I believe it's in Jeremiah uh, Jeremiah 3.22. Return, O faithless sons. I will heal. Your faithlessness. Did you know that faithlessness is actually a disease of the heart? God wants to heal your faithlessness. So if you feel like 
man, I, I can't overcome this thing. I just keep going right back to it. Don't be discouraged, man. That's what I deal with all the time. Addictions and things like that. Things that are, are like when you have lack of self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. So if we believe God, it takes faith to believe that God has transformed me. When I believe that, it takes faith. Faith moves the mountain, okay? So check this out. I literally can stop doing the habitual sin in my life because the Spirit of God sets me free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I don't have to continue on in my sin anymore. The problem isn't whether or not you sin. The problem is whether or not you love your sin. Okay? If you love your sin, if you're like, man, I'm, just, I'm not, man, I, I had somebody tell me one time, man, he said, he said, well, just because I don't stop doing that, does that mean God stops loving me? I said, God's love's not the one that's in question. Jesus died for you while you were still God's enemy. God, His love is never in question. He loved you so much that when you were His enemy, when you were enemies with God, when you hated God, when you were in utter sin, when you were in utter evil, when you were in utter wickedness, when you were in utter uncleanliness, you were, when you were dirty, Jesus came and cleaned you up. God came to you when you were messed up and nobody else cared about you anymore. That's how much God loves you, man. He never turned his back on you. Here's the thing. It's not God's love that's in question. It's our love that's in question. Jesus says, if you love me, you obey my commandments. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. I believe this in John chapter 15. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. So, God's love is not the one that's in question. It's our love that's in question. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but love of Jesus, man, that's the completion of wisdom. If you can love Jesus, your wisdom will be complete. We can fear God about going to hell all we want. Man, I'm afraid of going to hell. I'm afraid of going to hell. That's just the beginning of wisdom. That's the beginning of discipline. I expect my children to strike a little bit of fear in them so that they will stop sinning. But it's their love for me that will cause them to do the right thing. It's love for me that will cause them to say, I want to please my dad. Same thing with love for their brothers and sisters. I, I always tell them, my, 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 my son got out of the van the other day and he's crying. He's like, he's crying. He's like, oh, Michaela, she interrupted me. And I was like, son, you know, the Bible says that love does not seek its own way. It's not self-seeking. So son, when, when your sister interrupts you, that shouldn't bother you. Because if you love her, you're not going to seek your own way. <laughs> Right? That's kind of weird, right? But here's the thing. I looked at my daughter and I said, Sarah, I mean, it's like Michaela. I said, the Bible says that love's not rude. Don't interrupt your brother. See, here's the thing. If we love one another, we won't sin to, at one another. And if we love God, we won't sin against God. Okay? That's the truth, man. The truth is, when we sin, we're loving ourselves at that moment. We're not loving God. When, when a man goes and drinks all the money away, he's not loving his family. He's loving himself. When, a man, when somebody gets on, a, on the computer games for hours and hours and hours, and they neglect their families, they're not loving their family, they're loving themselves. When I go look at pornography, I'm not loving God, I'm loving myself. And it says in the word that, it says in the word that love of the world is enmity toward God, it's hatred towards God. So when I keep on sinning, when I keep on satisfying my own flesh... It says anything that satisfies my flesh, if I'm, I'm seeking a pride of life and the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, that's always sin and it's always against God. Okay? If I come against God because I'm seeking after my own desires, then I'm sinning. 
and I'm loving myself and I'm not loving God. Jesus says, if you love me, you obey my commandments. So the real question isn't whether or not God still loves us. The question is whether you love God or do you love yourself more. And it's a hard teaching, but it's good, man. It'll set us free. If we can realize, man, I do love God. I don't want to sin anymore. Man, that will change everything. That will change everything. It's so good. So watch this, Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Are we to continue to sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Listen, guys, it takes faith to believe that you died to sin. It takes faith to believe that you died. Because I'm still walking around. See, the Bible... It talks about Adam and Eve, and, 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 and God said, when you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil in that day, you will die. And, and the devil comes and says, you won't die. I always do that. My, my kids always repeat me. You won't die. That's what the, I, I feel like the devil is talking like that. He goes, did God really say? Did God really say? Every time, man, that's how God always begins, man. <clears throat> did God really say? It's good stuff. So listen. And he goes, you won't die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, you'll be like him, knowing good and evil, right? It was a twisted truth. It was a twisted truth, because later on, God actually said that. He said, they're like us, knowing good and evil. It's a twisted truth. It led to their death. And they died that day. They died spiritually in that day. Okay? Well, that takes faith to believe they died, because 930 years, he actually died physically. Okay? So here's the same thing, bro. I said bro, I don't know who's all listening, maybe some women are listening. Bro, women, peoples, all y'all's peoples on Facebook and YouTube who are listening. Listen, when we, when we enter into covenant with Jesus, we die to ourselves, man. It's just like whenever Adam died, when he ate of the tree, he broke covenant and that died. See, whenever we enter into covenant with Jesus, we break covenant with the devil, man. And we die that day. We die to our sin. We die to our old life. Our old life is gone forever and we are now a new creation in Jesus. And if we don't believe that, we'll never have victory. If we think, oh, one day I'm going to die, I'm going to go to heaven. And in heaven, finally in heaven, I won't have any sin anymore. That we're, we're living a subpar Christianity. God did not call us to wait till heaven to experience the fullness of the gospel. The fullness of the gospel is now. The fullness of the gospel is right here. We can live a life that's righteous. We can live a life that's pure and holy before God. We can live a, God, a life full of supernatural signs and wonders. Healing the sick and raising the dead. <clears throat> but it begins with our own life. We have to die to ourselves. The resurrection power begins with us first. If we're going to go out and resurrect the dead, we have to resurrect ourselves first. But I'm not saying we resurrect ourselves. Jesus resurrects us. But we resurrect in Jesus. Okay, so when I die, I die to myself, my old way. And then I rise again in Jesus Christ. Man, this is so good. Y'all got to get, you're going to have to get this. This is so good. You're going to have to, you're going to have to get this. This is so powerful. Our old life dies. Our new life begins in Jesus. It says right here. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Walking in newness of life. It's not saying that one day we'll be to have a new life. It's right now we're walking in a newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. So that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Woo. For one who has died has been set free from sin. 
Now, if I have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death has no, no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Watch this. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Woo! Man, we have victory over sin. Right now, you can when you start feeling sin in your life, the sin begins with the second thought. If you if you have the first thought, that's not sin. Now you might be touched and be unclean because the, the Old Testament talks about being ceremonially ceremonially unclean. If you go by a leper and you touch him, then you become ceremonially unclean. You don't have leprosy, but you touched leprosy. Okay, so whenever I'm walking down the street and I see a pretty woman, and my and the first thought hits my brain. It's the second thought that counts. <clears throat> the first thought is uncleanliness. So what I do, I've got to wash myself in the Word. That's what happens whenever they would go touch a leper. They would wash themselves and be ceremonially unclean to the end of the evening. And they would be clean again. But they never got leprosy. Okay, so it's the same thing. I can see something come my way. And then I wash myself in the Word of God. Once I wash myself, I'm, and I say it like this, man. I, I hate sexual perversion. I hate lust of the flesh. That's what I'll do. I'll go like that, man. I'll say, I'm a man of righteous passions, and I've been set free. I'm a new creation. I'll say that sometimes if I'm driving, especially, and nobody else is in the car, and I see this pretty woman running or jogging like that, and I see something, uh, and I'm like, whoa. I, I immediately, man, I'm just like, in the name of Jesus, I'm a righteous man because of the blood of Jesus on my life. And I've been resurrected. And I start casting down the thoughts right away because I hate sin, man. It's not who I am anymore. Okay, so that's how we take care of it. It's spiritual warfare all the time. Every day, man. Every time you're going about your normal day and you start seeing uh, things that, that tempt you, you, it's the second thought that counts, man. What's your second thought? Are you looking and then taking another look? That's your second thought, man. You just lusted in your heart. And the Bible says that you commit adultery in your heart when you do that. So I, I, when, I, when, I, when, I see, when I see something, man, immediately I have to train myself. In the name of Jesus, not who I am. I'm a man of righteousness. I have righteous passions, and my old man is dead. He's dead. He's dead. He's not coming back. See what I'm saying? I'm not resurrected an old man. I'm a new man in Jesus' name. See what I'm saying? So <clears throat> we have to battle like that sometimes. We have to battle like that, especially with addictions, especially with old strongholds. Uh, we have victory over that stuff, man. Confession is important. You confess your sin one to another, so you might be healed. But but it's through the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that you have dominion over your you have victory and over your sin. Okay, and that's what it's talking about here. See the old see see when Jesus died, he took away your sin. But when he resurrected, he gave you victory over it. All right, this is awesome. He gave you victory over it, and not only that, now you're gonna go and take over the world. So awesome. God has called you to advance the kingdom of God right now. Go out and preach the gospel. Tell people about Jesus. Catch some men. Okay? That's what we're called to do. Alright? So, but we can't be doing that. The reason why people don't do that is because they're ashamed. Why? Because they keep on going back to sin. They don't realize their victory. They just believe in the cross. Oh, I've been set free. I've been justified. My, the blood of Jesus is on my life. And my sin it doesn't, is not on my account anymore. But they don't realize that it's not just on their account. It's just not on their account anymore. It's actually gone. It's it's gone. They're dead to it. It doesn't exist anymore. You can actually live a victorious life. But if you stay in the grave, I'm dead now. Hey, look at me. I'm dead now. Yay! But I just stay dead. Then there's no, there's no, there's no abundant life. See, I, if I'm like, I'm dead in Jesus. I died in Jesus. I pick up my cross. I follow Jesus. I died. Yay! 
problem is, those people who died, sometimes they're still living in sin. If I resurrect, though, there is no sin. I, I'm not saying you don't ever have sin. Like, that's not what I'm saying. The Bible says, if you say you have no sin, then the truth is not in you. But then in the same actual book, it says, if you continue to sin, then the truth is not in you. So it, it's, a, it's a double truth here. We, they're both true. You've got to deal with your sin. The Bible is talking to the Christians all the time. Put away filth. Put away sexual morality. Put away. Put away all the wickedness. Rampant wickedness. James. Put away. Put away. Put away. Why? Because they were, they were already saved. But they weren't walking in faith. See, the righteous shall walk in faith. The, by faith, <clears throat> my righteous one shall walk. So, if I'm going to be righteous and live a righteous life, I have to walk in faith. It takes faith to actually believe that I died to my sin, and it takes faith to believe that I resurrected with a new life. Faith moves the mountain. Faith allows you to forgive sin. Faith allows you to actually overcome sin. You have to believe that I'm not a sinner anymore. I have to say, I'm not a sinner anymore. I profess, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. I believe, therefore I speak. <clears throat> when I speak the things that aren't as if they are, I'm speaking faith. I am a man of righteousness. I am a person that Jesus has set free. I'm a new man. I have a new nature. I have good fruit. I have good fruit. I'm not a bad tree anymore. I am, in the, I am the very righteousness of God. I'm not just righteous. I am the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. The very righteousness of God. I'm the display of all God's goodness. It's so awesome. You are the display of all God's goodness. You are Jesus to the world, man. It's, it's good, man. So we have victory. Watch this. Here's what people do, man. I'll wrap this up. People believe in only half of a gospel. They want to be delivered from hell, right? Oh, I got saved, so I won't have to go to hell anymore. All right, did you know you can get saved from hell, but still not go to heaven? Let's put it this way. You can, you can be saved from hell... You, you can be justified from your sin, but never experience the kingdom of God in your life. See, see it's not about going to heaven, guys. Heaven's coming here. You could be justified before God and never experience the kingdom of God in your life. Romans chapter 10 says, if I believe in my heart, then I'm justified. But it's with the mouth that one confesses and is saved. There's two parts to the gospel. A justification and a salvation. Justification does not mean that you're saved. Matthew chapter 7 says, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord. Uh, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Woo. But only those who do the will of my Father. Many will say to me, Lord, do we not cast out demons in your name, perform many miracles, and do many signs and wonders, and prophesy, and I'll tell them plainly, depart from me, I never knew you. Guys, it's intimacy with the Lord. We're walking in intimacy with God. Check this out. It's not just a religious thing. It's not just a study. It's walking it out. It's experiencing God every single day. It's having intimacy with Him. You can do the kingdom of God. You can do the work, but miss a relationship with Jesus. You know, I, I can go out there and I can preach the gospel and I can go out there and help people and I can miss my own thing with the Lord, man. I have to develop my one-on-one -on -one quiet time with God. Or I'll go right back to sin. I'm just telling you right now. I don't care how strong you are. If you don't have your personal relationship with Jesus every single day, have your intimate time with Him in the morning. Every day. 
you'll go right back to sin. It doesn't matter how powerful and how much God's using you in this world, you can go right back to sin. And God's perfect will for your life is not for you to keep on sinning. He wants you to do God's work and walk in sinlessness, be blameless before Him. That's the true power of the gospel. Listen, if the, the gospel is supernatural. Jesus saving you is supernatural. So if you believe in this supernatural gospel, but you don't have a supernatural change in your life, then I question the validity of your conversion. And Jesus will too. He says in the Bible, you will recognize them by their fruit. There are false conversions all the time going on. People giving their life to Jesus, but they don't give their life to Jesus. They, 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 they say a sinner's prayer. That's why it's so dangerous to say a sinner's prayer. Don't go out there and just get somebody to say a sinner's prayer. You watch their heart. You listen, man. You want to decide. You want to see if they're really actually getting it. You don't want to make them say some sinner's prayer and get confused later when the truth is they never gave their life to Jesus and just said something because you wanted them to say it and they got their arm twisted behind their back. Listen, you want them to profess Jesus with all their heart, not because you smooth talk them into it. Because if I can smooth talk somebody into it, then somebody else can smooth talk them out of it. Listen, Jesus is the gospel. Jesus is the power. Jesus is the resurrection. Jesus is everything that's victorious about your life. <clears throat> if, I, if, if it's just a good idea, it's not going to have power in my life. The kingdom of God, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20 says, The kingdom of God is not consisting of talk, but of power. It says they'll, they'll accept the form of godliness but deny the power thereof. Listen, the kingdom of God is power. If we go to church and there's no power, we're missing something. Listen, so many people preach a gospel like this. You know what the word means? The word Moses. Moses means to draw out. Joshua means to deliver. Joshua means to deliver. The word Joshua is the same word for Yeshua, which is Jesus. Jesus is deliverer or salvation. Okay? Watch this. This is so awesome. So many people believe in half of a gospel. They want to get they want to get <clears throat> saved from hell. Okay, that's Moses. See, Moses came in and he took them out. See, Moses was in the river, and the daughter drew him out of the river and called him Moses, which means to draw out. So when Moses entered into his ministry, <clears throat> he went back and he drew out the people of Israel. He drew them out of the land of Egypt, the place of bondage, the place of slavery. See, we're all slaves to sin, according to Romans. And we've been drawn out of that life. And watch this, guys. When they came out, they went out of all their comfort, and they entered into a place of desert, in the wilderness. In the wilderness, there's death. In the wilderness, it's a, it's a dying process. And when they got there, they all uh, almost immediately regretted leaving Egypt. Was there not enough graves in Egypt that you took us out to the wilderness to die? Alright, so that... <laughs> This is the people of Israel, man. Immediately they become double-minded. They begin to grumble and complain because all of a sudden <clears throat> they lost everything. To, to follow Moses, to follow God, they gave up everything. They gave up all their comforts. <clears throat> everything they thought was normal and secure. And they complained the whole time, of course, in Egypt. They had everything in Egypt. But they were still, they were provided for by Egypt. They, I mean, everything was normal, right? But they were slaves. And they didn't like it. So Moses came in, set the people free, 
They get out to the place of going to the, the place of wilderness. This is the place of death. This is the picking up your cross and following Jesus portion of the gospel. God always calls you into the wilderness, the place where you lose everything. That's it, man. If you don't lose everything, you can't ever enter into the promised land. If you don't lose all of Egypt, go into the place of wilderness where it requires faith to believe God for everything. Now I'm trusting God. I'm believing God. God, I lost everything. I'm giving up everything for you. I've forsaken my whole life and I'm in this place of wilderness. And God, I wish I never left Egypt. I can't believe I haven't started following you. You know what? Whenever you start trying to follow God, the devil hates it and he sends everything he has at you. That's exactly what, the, what Pharaoh did to the people of Israel. Israel. When they left Egypt, it says that Pharaoh repented in his heart and he, and, he, and he regretted letting the people go. So what did he do? He took 600 of his best chariot men. And then he said, that's not enough. I'm going to grab everybody. So he took all the chariots. It's kind of weird. Right? He took 600 and all of them. I don't know why he mentioned that. But obviously, obviously Pharaoh was questioning the integrity of the 600 men thinking that wasn't enough. So he took 600 and he took everybody. He sent everything he had out of the people of Israel. When you turn to Jesus, when you start trying to do the right thing for God, you're going to go through a place of wilderness that's going to cause you to die to yourself. And when that happens, the devil's going to send everything he has at you. He's setting up ambush in the place of wilderness. He's setting up an ambush to lead you back into temptation. He's setting up an ambush to start trying to destroy your life. And here's what the people did, man, that questioned God. But it was awesome because it was through the Red Sea. Check this out. The Red Sea is a representative shadow of Jesus Christ. The Red Sea gets split, right? <clears throat> That's Jesus dying, broken for us. His body was broken for us. Just like the sea was broken for us. All right? It was broken for us. It was awesome. And then he walked in on dry ground. See, dry ground is a representation of death. Every time there's dryness, there's this death, okay? All right, so they're walking through the death. All right, they were in the place that was trapped. It's called the Pihaterah. That's the same thing as God's law. See, the law traps you. You can't get out. There's no way out. You are condemned by the world and you're condemned by God. Okay? So, in the place of, this is the place of Pihaterah, the trap place. They can't get out, man. The sea's on the right or whatever. The sea's in front of them and behind them is the Egyptians on top of the mountain. And then the sea splits. See, Jesus is the way out. Jesus makes you righteous before God for the law. He fulfilled the entire law. Everything that the law required, he fulfilled. And he died for you to set you free from the place of entrapment. He saved you from God. That's awesome. Because see, in the place of law, God condemns you. But Jesus sets you free from the condemnation of God. When we receive him, we are no longer condemned by God. But guess what? The devil don't care about the blood of Jesus, man. The devil don't care. He's going to come after you anyway. So here's what happens. Check this out. They start going through... The Red Sea, all right? When they get to the other side, the Egyptians go through. They keep going through. They're trying to go through, too. Watch, they're coming through. They're going to come and destroy them. Guess what? The sea comes back together again. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, Jesus Christ, when he, rise, when he rose again, that was the moment he stomped on the devil's head. <clears throat> that was the moment he killed the enemy permanently. He destroyed sin. He destroyed death in your life. You absolutely have nothing to worry about anymore because when Jesus rose again, he gave you victory over your enemy. See, when Jesus died, he gave you freedom from God's wrath. When he rose again, he gave you freedom from the devil. It's good, it's good stuff. Jesus means deliverer. Joshua means deliverer. So they get into the land of Egypt, I mean, to the land of the wilderness, right? And then they start grumbling and complaining. They look into the promised land. They see the giants in the land and say, it's too much for us. We can't go in there. Ten, ten spies come back and they, they tell an evil report, the Bible says. And they say, there's giants in the land. We can't take the land. And so what happens is they, they wander the wilderness for 40 years till everybody that said that died out. Everybody who had no faith died. 
They never enter the promised land. Listen, guys, if you don't have faith, you won't inherit your promises. Faith is required to inherit the promises. It takes faith to believe that Jesus died and rose again. And it takes faith to walk into that. It takes faith to receive the gospel. It takes faith to receive healing. It takes faith for your finances to be blessed. It takes faith to resurrect the dead. It takes faith to see any type of miracle in your life. It takes faith to move the mountain. Without faith, the mountain does not move. Faith is so important. But what happens is we look at our experience sometimes. We look at things around our life. We say, this stuff is all messed up. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And we start to doubt. Faith is not dependent on your experience. Stop depending on your experience to develop your faith. You need to look at the Word of God. And in your quiet time, when God speaks to your heart, and you know what? Because it lines up with the Word. Okay? If, if you hear something that don't line up with the Word, guess what? It's not from God. So the Word of God that's here, and the Word of God that's here that lines up with this, you need to be leaning into that Word. Don't ever... Build your faith off your experience. It's the worst thing you could do. That's exactly what the Israelites did, man. They looked at their eyes with their experience and they saw the giants and they said, we can't take the land. That faithlessness <clears throat> caused them to not inherit the promise of God because it was too big for them. Well, guess what? The people who did have faith, they outlived everybody else and they went in the promised land and took it. <clears throat> if you order pizza to be delivered to your house, it doesn't mean that it gets delivered from... It's not delivered from Domino's Pizza. It's delivered to your doorstep. That's what deliverance is. Deliverance, when God delivers you, He delivers you to the place you're destined to go. The package arrives. Listen, guys, you have to arrive. You have to arrive. God has delivered you, not from Egypt. He drew you out of Egypt, just like Moses. But he's delivering you into the promised land. And the kingdom of God is not in a by and by. It's not a sweet by and by. It's not after I die. It's right now. God has delivered you into the kingdom of God. I have been delivered into God's kingdom. I am now seated with God in heavenly places. Right now, I am in heavenly places. Heaven has come and is invading earth today, right now, in my life. I am the light of the world, Matthew 5 says. Jesus looked at his disciples and says, you are the light of the world. Jesus was the great light. <coughs> and we are now the light of the world. God has called us not to be drawn out of Egypt only, but to, to be also delivered into the promised land. The kingdom of God is coming. It's here right now. You have been delivered into the promised land right now. It talks about entering into God's rest. You've entered into God's rest in Hebrews right now. And it takes faith to believe it, man. It takes faith to believe that I died to my old self. I got drew out of Egypt. And it takes faith to believe that I'm going into the promised land. It's twofold faith, man. Listen. Twofold faith. I believe that I was drawn out, but I also believe that I was delivered into. <clears throat> I believe that I was drawn out, but I also believe I was delivered into. You have been delivered into the kingdom of God. It's time to live a righteous life. You've been delivered into righteousness, into his kingdom, into righteousness. I've died to my old self and I'm alive in Christ. I am a new creation. So guess what, guys? You have victory over your sin. But it takes faith to believe it. And only by faith will the righteous walk. It's not your deeds that saves you, man. <clears throat> it's not your deeds that makes you righteous. It's your identity that makes you righteous. And it's your identity and your new nature that causes you to bear good fruit. 
We're not trying to be righteous or we're not trying to act righteous. Look, I'm not just trying to do righteousness. I am righteous. Therefore, I will be and do what I am. I will do what I am. I am righteousness. Therefore, I will do righteousness. Watch this. <clears throat> I, if I am a carpenter, then I will do carpentry. Doing carpentry doesn't make me a carpenter. If I am a carpenter, then I will do. Watch this. The fruit of a tree does not define the tree. The fruit of the tree only bears witness about what the tree already is. All of the identity of the tree is wrapped up inside one little seed that goes into the ground. That seed is what determines the course and destiny of that tree. That little seed is what defines the whole tree. And God has put his seed inside you. And you are the righteousness of God. Therefore, you will bear fruit. <clears throat> but it takes faith to believe it. It takes faith to believe it. It takes faith to accomplish it. Because faith in, you have to have faith in who you are in Christ. Not, I'm telling you, when you start believing that's who you are, you will do it. You don't do it so you can become it. You are it, so that's why you do it. You are the righteousness of God, that's why you do it. And that leads to righteous living. <clears throat> that leads to responsibility and integrity and courage. It leads to every fruit of the Spirit. It leads to supernatural giftings. Because I humble myself, it's by faith. What I'm doing is I'm humbling myself. God says I'm the righteousness of God. Therefore, I submit to Him and say, yes, sir, I am the righteousness of God. Because that's what God says I am. Not because that's what I say I am. That's what He says I am. So it's actually humility. I'm humbling myself to Him and I'm submitting myself to Him and I'm saying, yes, sir. Alright, when I do that, I become what he says. When I humble myself, it's my heart being broken for him. And allowing his seed to come in and plant a tree. I humble myself to him. Yes, sir. I know that I don't feel, just like Simon, depart from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Fear not. For from now on, you will be a catcher of men. Embrace your new identity. Embrace it with humility. It takes humbleness to receive God's gospel in your life. It takes humility to submit to that. When you humble yourself, that is faith, man. When you humble yourself, that equals faith. Watch this. For by grace, <clears throat> you've been saved through faith. And it says, so watch this. I get saved through grace, right? Our grace saves me. So when you humble yourself, it says God gives grace to the humble. Watch this. So cool. You're going to get grace in your life. Grace is the power to overcome. You will receive supernatural grace in your life to overcome sin and to do righteousness when you humble yourself. When you humble yourself. When you humble yourself, you operate in faith. You say, yes, sir, and be obedient. That's faith, man. Faith is believing who you are in Jesus, man. It's so awesome. Y'all be blessed. I hope I really blessed you. Y'all take care and um, uh, comment or <clears throat> share the video and bless other people, man. God has called us to righteousness, called us to the kingdom of God. So let's go out and live it.